0: From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. Finally. The 2022 general election is here, and it's time to make your voice heard on candidates and issues in the state of Ohio. Control of the U.S. Senate hangs in the balance, the governor is being challenged by an avowed gun control fanatic, and the future of the Ohio Supreme Court is up for grabs. That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Keep and Bear Radio, I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm joined by Rob Sexton, Legislative Affairs Director of BFA. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dean. It's good to be back. Well, Rob, Ohio's 2022 general election is on Tuesday, November 8th. And while we've talked about this before, I wanted just to revisit some topics one final time because this is such a crucial election. So let's waste no time and get right down to it. Let's talk about our grades and endorsements. The endorsement committee put a lot of work into doing this, uh, looking at candidates from all over the state. You can find this on the Buckeye Firearms website. It's right there on the front page. You'll see a picture that says 2022 election. Just click on that and it will take you to information about the election and our grades and endorsements.
1: I think that's a great, you know, one-stop shop for people who are concerned about voting. You know, you want to vote for the folks that vote our way, that vote pro-gun. And, uh, you know, this resource from Buckeye Firearms Association uh, PAC will be of great service to anybody who wants to make sure they go to the polls in form.
0: And we focus exclusively on guns, guns, gun legislation, how the various candidates feel about the Second Amendment and and so on. So, you know, we're not taking into consideration anything else. You know, if you if you have other issues, you know, like the economy or gas prices or whatever, that, that is not factored in. It wouldn't make any sense for us to do that because we're trying to give you information about firearms. So when we give you a grade or we have uh, one of our endorsements, we're telling you this is somebody we support, that we believe that they're going to do good stuff when legislation comes up in the House or the Senate or if it's another candidate, you know, a sheriff or somebody else, that they've, you know, to our knowledge, have handled this well in the past or done very good on the surveys that we make everybody fill out. So we're just trying to give you as much information as possible to make a good decision at least on that one issue.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, people might have various reasons why they cast their vote. But if you want to know how these candidates have voted in the past or how we feel about the way that they've portrayed themselves when it comes to firearms, this is the one place you can go. You'll get to see the grade that we gave them. Uh, and in some cases, you'll see the ones that we endorsed. So there are some key races, uh,
0: Rob, uh, that I I know we've talked about. But, uh, you know, the polling keeps swinging one way or another. Uh, let's talk first about the U.S. Senate race. You know, this has really taken on a lot of national attention. Tim Ryan, or as some people call him Lion Ryan, because he's out there telling quite a few lies uh, about J.D. Vance and a lot of other things. Ryan versus Vance, the polling, seems to be where right now, Rob? I mean, the last time I saw it,
1: Vance was definitely up in the polls. Yeah, he's up, but he's uh, he's up, within the margin of error, right? And so I think that's surprising for a lot of conservatives because, you know, Ohio has felt very red in recent years, but you have to remember Sherrod Brown, for example, you know, he got reelected to the United States Senate even though Ohio appears very red and Tim Ryan portrays himself in the same type of, uh, what do you want to call it, persona as Sherrod Brown. He's the working man's guy. And that's what you're seeing Tim Ryan sell people. He's got the Youngstown, uh, you know, blue collar background, the whole nine yards. Uh, and of course, millions have been spent on these attack ads that you refer to. This is a very tight race, and it has national implications. Control of the United States Senate is hanging in the balance. Uh, I get a little nervous when I hear people say they think everything is trending red. That they think we're you know we're going to wind up with 53, 54 Republican Senate seats. I hope that's how it goes. But if that makes you think you don't need to get out and vote when it comes to this race, this could be the one that makes the difference. And uh, I think you know Vance needs the support right now if he's going to pull through.
0: Well, just look at how the polling has turned out in past elections. You know, nobody thought Trump was going to win. Right. Uh, you know, polling, I think, has just kind of gone out the window. I'm not sure we can really trust it. They don't have, you know, the surveys that they do and the audience that they're polling, they don't have that adjusted because things have changed in the last few years. So I would not rely on polling at all. But certainly there have been a lot of ads, I mean, just everywhere, not just TV. I mean, even online, I can't read an article without an ad popping up by either Ryan or Vance. It's just all over the place. But uh, we've endorsed J.D. Vance. We've given him an A. We've met with him personally. We've been to his events. So that's certainly who we are supporting. Tim Ryan is trying to come off like a moderate. And fact is that when he votes,
1: he votes with the left all the time, 100%. Yes. yes. So- and, and he'll make the most key vote. If he's elected, the most key vote he will make is he will vote to make Chuck Schumer the majority leader of the United States Senate again. So you know, even if you're if you're a person who looks at Tim Ryan, and says, ah, I don't know. You know, I I like some of the stuff Tim Ryan does. That's fine. You can think that. Just know this: if Tim Ryan wins, he could wind up casting the final vote that makes Chuck Schumer the majority leader of the Senate, which would put him in charge of judicial appointments from President Biden uh, or any of President Biden's. Anti-gun agenda that he keeps talking about. So it's a very it's a very key race. In fact, I would say it's top five in the nation being watched in terms of control of the Senate.
0: Yeah, as, as I always say, and this applies to everybody, not just politicians, but just throughout life. It's what people do. It's not what people say. And I think too often people vote based on how people talk and what they say in their ads and the way they come across, the feel they get from them, or whatever. It's about what you do. So Tim Ryan, he's always supporting the Democrats. He's always supporting things that would work against our interests. So definitely we uh, throw our support behind J.D. Vance. He is a gun guy. And, uh, again, we've met with him personally. He's filled out our survey. He checks all the boxes. So we certainly uh, hope uh, everyone is going to vote for him. And, uh, you know, we can get him in the Senate. And that's going to be someone we can work with personally. So, yeah, the, you know, the next race, even with the polling being a little off, I think this one is a little bit different for the governor's race. Nan Whaley and Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine is far, far out ahead of Nan Whaley. A lot of people, it's really like uh, Nan who? Who are you talking about? She just doesn't have the name recognition. But I think the one thing we can say about this race, I know that there are people who have their their varied feelings about our governor. Nan Whaley, without doubt, is going to be an absolute train wreck of a governor when it comes to gun rights. She's pretty much just come out and said she's going to work against all of our gun rights, pass every possible gun control law she can pass. So this one's an absolute no-brainer. doesn't matter how you feel about it. Uh, You know, if you're not voting or if you're voting for Nan Whaley, you are working against our gun rights, period.
1: Absolutely. You know, she she is as extreme of an anti-gun candidate as you will find anywhere. And so, you know, I know that uh, some people look at Mike DeWine's record and they don't they don't think it's strong enough. But I'll tell you what, uh, by comparison, there simply is no comparison. You've got one candidate who has signed multiple pro-gun bills uh, who we've had a few feuds with here and there. And then you've got the other candidate who we simply won't even be able to get a telephone call answered. I mean, if Nan Whaley's governor, then the anti-gun agenda will be at the top of her priorities. Well, I think we've only had one feud
0: with the governor, Governor DeWine, and that was over the strong Ohio bill, uh, mostly about red flag. There was, you know, some other stuff in there. But, you know, apart from that, which never passed, by the way, never really went anywhere, apart right. from that— um I counted up nine bills. Nine bills that he signed, gun legislation, knife legislation, sportsman legislation and you know if he if anyone else were running, we've talked about this Rob if anyone else were running on that record, you know, that that would really be a pretty good second amendment record. I think a lot of people it's about COVID. I think that some people yeah. who were maybe a little negative about the governor just didn't like all those daily briefings and how things were shut down kind of ticked a lot of people off. But the, the record is what it is, and we're just reporting the facts. We, you know, I've counted up nine bills. There might have been another one in there, depending on how you count them. When we were dealing with the uh, sheriff's offices closing down and people not being able to renew their licenses, there were a couple of bills when we got extensions for the uh, licenses the carry licenses uh, to expire later than sooner. So nine, possibly 10 bills that he signed in our favor. That's the record. And uh, that's the record I think he's running on when it comes to gun rights.
1: Well, as he should, because the bills we're talking about include things that we would have identified five years ago as the absolute top priorities. Right? So we've got Stand Your Ground. We've got constitutional carry. We've got knife preemption, right? These are big things. We've got uh, teachers armed in schools. So these are not small items that have been signed into law under the watch of Governor Mike DeWine. Yeah, I think with
0: these bills, Rob, with permitless carry, constitutional carry, with the armed teacher bill, with the other things that we've done recently, I think Ohio has kind of moved into one of the upper tier uh, states as far as uh, gun rights, we've, we've done a lot and have gone from a you know an okay state to a pretty darn good state. We might not be where Alaska is or where Texas is, but we're getting pretty darn close. We've made a lot of progress,
1: and in, of no, progress. in no small part because of these bills we've passed recently. Right. I totally agree. We've made a lot of advances over the last few years, uh, including among, as I said a moment ago, the, the top priorities that we would ever have put on our Christmas list. Uh, Dean, while we were talking, I pulled up the latest polls. RealClearPolitics.com maintains polls on just about every major race. It's not biased in terms of its partisan appeal. It actually shows everybody's polls. Now, some of those may be biased, but the actual RealClearPolitics average is just an average of the last few polls. The most recent poll on the Ohio governor's race has Mike DeWine at 56, Nan Whaley at 37. That's a 19 point spread. Yeah. that That's so, pretty
0: far outside the uh,
1: margin of error. What is the margin of yeah. error on that? Like three or four? I, I, I can't, you know, I have to pull it up to look. Um, that is a margin of error on that is two and a half percent. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but look, it, don't, don't rely on that.
0: You got to vote anyway. So never, never, ever rely on the polls. Never allow other people to make decisions for you. I think sometimes people get too comfortable and they figure, well, somebody else will take care of it. You know, that's a terrible way to approach voting, to approach politics, or frankly, to approach your life. Don't let other people make decisions for you. Get out there and vote. That's what matters. It's not how you feel that matters. It's not who you like that matters. It's how you vote and how they're going to vote or how they're going to act when they're in office. So, uh, you know, let's all get out there and do the right thing. And, uh, Rob, the other race, key race, maybe the key race, is the Ohio Supreme Court. Sharon Kennedy, Pat DeWine, Pat Fisher, we support all of those, and we want all three to win. It's it Really, we need all three of those people to get back on the court and we're supporting Sharon Kennedy for the top slot to become the uh, the head justice
1: on the Supreme yep. Court. Well, it, I think, as you say, I think it if it's not the most important race in Ohio, it's tied for first, right? With the U.S. Senate race we talked about earlier, you said something interesting, Dean. You said we need to win all three. And that's the truth, right? We need Sharon Kennedy as chief justice. We need Pat Fisher and Pat DeWine to be reelected as Supreme Court justices. I've actually had people say to me, I thought the Republicans already control the Ohio Supreme Court. And the answer to that, of course, is, well, on paper, they do. But in reality, that's not where we sit currently today. So the current Ohio Supreme Court is presided over by Chief Justice Maureen O'Connor, who is a Republican. However, much like Liz Cheney nationally. Maureen O'Connor finds herself on the opposite side of conservatives in her most major rulings over the last two years. So she's the reason why we had the, what, six, eight-month fight over the legislative lines, both in Congress uh, for Ohio's congressional lines as well as the statehouse district. And she's made a series of other rulings where she sided with Democrats. So the bottom line is this. On paper, Ohio Supreme Court looks like it is a 4-3 Republican majority. In reality, it's a 4-3 liberal majority. And the only way to fix that trend is to elect these folks we've endorsed, Sharon Kennedy for Chief Justice, Pat DeWine, and uh, Pat Fisher for the two lower Supreme Court positions.
0: And then the other thing, Rob, and we were discussing this briefly right before the podcast, you know, if Sharon Kennedy gets the chief justice position, her chair will be empty. And whoever is governor will get a chance to appoint somebody for that position. And you got to ask yourself, who do you want to do that, Ann Whaley or Mike DeWine? Because one of those will do it. And
1: all it would take would be one appointment, and the court swings in the wrong direction. Right. And, and, I, and, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, Dean, because we don't really know the full impact, right? But we've got a ruling from a Franklin County judge that seems to put a pause on a recently passed gun law while they sort out this case. And so there's a lot of questions from us and other gun rights activists. What does this mean, right? Can the city of Columbus enact gun laws? Is it just something narrow? Is this an attack on preemption? I don't think we know the full story yet on the impact of this brand new court case. But I know one thing, if it makes its way to the Ohio Supreme Court, we want this court to be presided over by Sharon Kennedy and not Jennifer Bruner, who has a lifetime record of being anti-gun.
0: Yeah, this uh, this whole case, it's actually a three-year-old case um and and a judge has postponed making a decision on it and Columbus decided to sue him and force him to make a decision and he suddenly came out with a ruling a temporary injunction against uh, Ohio's uh, preemption law or HB 228 which modified that law so you know we're we're talking about this getting legal opinions trying to figure it out we believe that it's a narrow ruling And that it does not simply do away with preemption but the way that it's worded I've read it a couple of times and I still can't quite suss out exactly what kind of impact this has if you listen to Columbus talking they're talking as if they can just pass any law they want now and that's certainly the way the media is presenting it I'm not sure that that's accurate so I would caution everyone don't panic but but we certainly are on top of this and uh Whatever it means, we're going to do something about it. So, you know, we cannot lose preemption in Ohio. And if you're going to do anything to help us, you got to vote in the Ohio Supreme Court uh, races. We need Sharon Kennedy, Pat DeWine, Pat Fisher, all three to win. And then we need Governor Mike DeWine to appoint somebody good for that empty slot that Sharon Kennedy is going to vacate if she wins the top
1: slot on the Supreme Court. Yeah, exactly. You sure do. And, you know, um, it's very likely that no matter what happens with this specific case we're referencing, it's very likely that other cities in Ohio are going to have an idea that now's the time to try to poke a hole in preemption. I think we're likely to see additional court cases. And if we do, those court cases are going to wind their way through the courts. And ultimately likely be in the hands of the Ohio Supreme Court, which leads back to what we said before, which is we need a a strong and actual Republican Supreme Court. And of course we need Mike DeWine there to fill the slot that Sharon Kennedy would give up uh, if she's elected chief justice. So we're talking about some of these big races, the key races,
0: these are the people sort of at the top, but just as important are the people at the bottom, you know, lower on your ballot. I think a lot of people will vote for these top slots. They maybe just won't really know who some of the people are further down the ballot, and they'll skip them and just not vote. Here's the problem with that. This is kind of like baseball. You know, you got farm teams out there in Columbus. We have a farm team, I believe, that farms for the New York Yankees, right?
1: Yes. And
0: uh So, you know, it's important to make sure that you're paying attention to those farm team people because that's who's going to move up into some of these top slots later on. If you're not voting in some of these lower races, then you're allowing other people to make decisions about who's going to fill those spots. Those are the people who are going to move up. That's the farm team for later on, the people who are going to run for uh, governor, who are going to run for senate. We're going to be in the legislature. So do not ignore these lower races. I always view that as the farm team. And in a way, long-term, those are more important than some of the
1: top slots. Well, they sure are. In fact, you know, if we're talking about the state legislature, you know, permitless carry doesn't pass if not for just a handful of members of the Ohio House and Senate, just a handful. So where, you know, According to the media, a U.S. Senate seat's huge, a governor is huge, a presidential election obviously is humongous, but these lower races on your voting ballot, when you go to your state rep, your state senator, they're really important races. They're really important races, and we need good, strong, pro-gun state legislators. Uh, We also need them to be practical, guys that actually want to get stuff done. And I think what we were able to achieve this past session with permitless carry with armed teachers uh, is a testament to what happens if you get a group of state legislators who are like-minded, who actually want to accomplish something. You can get a lot of stuff done on behalf of gun owners, and that's what we had this last year and what we really need for the future. So, Rob, the other thing that I wanted
0: to talk about here apart from just our grades and endorsements. And again, you can find those if you go to our website, buckeyefirearms.org, right there on the front page. There's a link. Click it, and it will take you to a page where you can see all of our grades and you can see the people that we endorse. Generally, anybody with an A, sometimes uh, somebody with a B, those are people who are doing pretty well. If it says endorsed, that's sort of a step above that. And so, you know, we're we're not saying just vote for our endorsed candidates, but certainly the endorsed candidates are people we definitely want you to vote for. And the grades give you an idea of how people fared on our um, survey, and we also factor in, you know, how they voted if they've held office previously, how they voted in the past. So take a really close look at that when you're making your decisions. The big thing, Rob, that I want to talk about—I'm not sure how many people take advantage of the sample ballots— that your local election board puts out. So, for example, I'm in Delaware County. So I can can simply Google Ohio sample ballots or Delaware County sample ballot, and I can actually go and look at the ballot that I'm going to be voting on. It will have all the races, all the issues, anything that I'm going to have to vote on when I get there, and I can see it in advance. I know that years ago, when I would vote, I would sometimes be at the poll and I'd be a little surprised because, oh, I didn't know that that issue would be on there or I didn't know that candidate would be there. And they didn't always have those sample ballots. I think pretty much every county, as far as I know, puts out sample ballots in advance so you can look at it. I print mine off and I fill it in. I'll give a copy to my wife. You know, she says, well, who should we vote for? I give it to her and that that's sort of our crib sheet when we go in to vote. I suggest that that you do that. Just Google Ohio sample ballots. A map will come up. You can click on your county, a couple more clicks, and you can get a copy of your sample ballot. I highly recommend that before you go out to vote if you haven't voted by mail already, Rob.
1: Well, yeah, and and the use of the sample ballot will make sure that you cover all those down-ticket races that you were talking about previously. And it'll also give you a chance to uh, re-familiarize with various voter issues that are going to be on the ballot in your local community. We've got a couple statewide issues on the ballot that probably most folks aren't familiar with, but you're also likely to have local issues on top of that. So your sample ballot will help you make sure you cover all the bases, the legislative races, the judicial races, and, of course, the uh, uh, the voter
0: issues. And uh, as somebody who started out in television, I'm just going to tell you, ignore the TV ads. TV ads are probably the most uh, distorted kind of advertising that you're going to see. Uh, all of these Tim Ryan ads uh, and other ads out there, you know you know how they do it, Rob. They'll show the other guy in a black and white photo, and they've got a bad look on their face. You know, and you've got, you know, this, um, like, horror music in the background, and then, Here's you know our candidate, and, and they're smiling, and it's in color, and, and so on. It's it's all assuming that you're an idiot and that you're going to be persuaded by that and not look at the facts. Don't
1: make your decisions by TV ads. Yeah, and, and TV point, ads, it's 30 seconds designed to get an emotional reaction from right. you. You're certainly not going to get in-depth education from a 30-second TV spot. A, a
0: 30-second lie and and that's that's really all it is and the postcards too i mean i'm getting stacks of postcards these are really deceptive so you know if you're if you're wondering who to vote for look at things like our grades and endorsements we're looking at facts we're not uh, just trying to provoke an emotional reaction from you you know just be really careful because a lot of the candidates a lot of the packs out there will try to deceive you. They they will do anything possible to get a vote. And uh, if you're not making a decision based on facts, you're not making a good decision. So, uh, you know, please look at our grades and endorsements. And uh, if you're looking at grades and endorsements from other organizations, make sure they're reputable organizations. I think, Rob, a lot of them, they just kind of slap grades on candidates or endorse this person or that person. You know, we put so much work into these grades and endorsements, we really do, you know, roll up our sleeves and do the hard work to fairly grade every single candidate, hundreds of candidates, every election season. So, you know, we do the work. We need you to take the work that we've done and apply that when you go out on Tuesday and vote if you've not voted already. I, a lot of people have already voted, I guess.
1: You know, I... um I'm one of those guys that I like to vote on election day. I like to vote in my own precinct. So that's what I'll be doing. But I have to admit, you know, I've been tempted. I've got friends who they drove over to their local county board of elections and already cast their ballot. And uh, I see the allure. But I still have this thing for, you know, I, that little sticker actually makes me feel good. I need the sticker.
0: Oh, you know, I don't want the sticker. I, do, I throw the sticker away. I don't, I'm you know, what am I going to do with that? I'm going to put it on my shirt, on my forehead. Am I going to stick it on my rear window? I mean, I, I think they're, they're wasting a sticker when they give that to me. That, and we have these machines with the little uh, stylus. And, you know, they want us to keep the stylus. I said, you know, you can just have this back. But they don't want it back because... Of the COVID rules and all that, like you've touched it, you know, it's, it's got cooties now, you know, so I, I just have to throw the stylus and the
1: sticker away, Rob. Well, I keep the sticker as a means of virtue signaling, you know, so everywhere I go for the next day, maybe even two days, you know, I'm pointing at that sticker. Where's yours? Where's I think your we I think we should dip our fingers in purple ink.
0: Yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, other information, if you're just wanting more voting information, and I realize it's a little late in the game for this, but go to the Secretary of State website, just Ohio Secretary of State. That's all you have to Google. There's a ton of information. It's an excellent website. If you want to look up where to vote, if you want to look up information on various issues and just anything else, any other question you have, the Secretary of State's website does a really good job. Or You can Google your county, whatever that is, plus Board of Elections. So it's like Delaware Board of Elections, Franklin Board of Elections. Actually, you should put county on that. Franklin County, Delaware County, uh, Licking County, Board of Elections, whatever it is. And all of them will have a website. And you can find out local information as well as get those sample ballots, Rob.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we don't – obviously, we're not taking positions on the statewide issues that aren't related to firearms, but we've got a couple very meaty, important statewide ballot issues that are on the ballot this, time, uh, this election day, and you'll be able to find information on that on the Ohio Secretary of State's website as well. And that's really hard to make a decision at the
0: polling place because you have to read several paragraphs, and if you're just going to stand there with people waiting on your you know, voting booth, and you're trying to read through it and understand what it is. You can't do research or anything else. You really need to decide that ahead of time. So, you know, by the time you get to the poll, you should know everybody you're voting for. There should be no surprises, no decisions made on site. All your decisions should be made in advance.
1: Yes, yes. And you really need to know if voting yes on an issue supports your viewpoint or not, right? And so, These two issues that are on the ballot right now, you know, one of them has to do with whether a non citizen could vote. Well, I would say, no, I don't want a non citizen to be able to vote. But if you vote no, you're actually allowing non citizens to vote. So you have to vote yes to prohibit non citizens from voting in local elections. So it can be counterintuitive. So to your point, Dean, spend some time ahead of time because if you feel that you want to, that you actually want to stop that from happening, you have to vote yes, yes in that instance. And so, doing your homework really matters.
0: Yeah, they, and sometimes these are worded. You know, they 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 try to make sure that they're worded correctly at the state level, but sometimes uh, it'll be it'll be a negative thing. So you know, do you want to prohibit something? And then you that's have right. to say yes. So that's like issue one, as you're talking about, and you have to vote yes to approve. It says, shall the amendment be approved? Well, you have to say yes. You know, some people I think would say no, uh, that they, they no, I don't want that. And then you vote no, and you're voting the wrong way. So yeah, you know, print off your sample ballot if you can print it, mark it up, and take it in with you. Just carry yes. it in as a cheat sheet. This is not a test. It's voting. You can You can take in notes and make sure that your family and your friends do the same thing, Rob.
1: That's right. It's really easy to do, and, you know, an informed voter is the best voter. So
0: if you're listening to this on Monday, uh, November 7th, uh, tomorrow the polls will open at 6.30 a.m. They close at 7.30 p.m. You can vote any time during the day. Rob, do you have any idea what you think turnout is going to be like? I mean, during the uh, primary, the last primary, turnout was really light, so I'm not sure, you know, what to believe on what's going to happen on Tuesday.
1: Well, you know, if you're in one of the states that are the hot states, I think turnout's going to be high. So certainly it's been a lot of money spent on these two Senate seats. So I would expect a lot higher turnout than we had in the primary. Uh, but what else is going to get people out to vote other than those, you know, those Senate races? I don't know. But I would expect You know, if you're going during prime time, if you're showing up at the polls, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning or 530 at night, you might have a little weight on your hands. Well, the way my wife and I do it, we wait till later
0: in the day and we just sort of uh, combine that with going out to dinner. So we'll vote. We'll go out to eat, you know, knock on wood, say our prayers, and then uh, get ready to watch the results come in in the evening. So that's that's what we're going to do. That's just a nice tradition. I'm old fashioned like you. I like to get out. I like to actually go to a polling place, walk in, do the vote. It just feels more like a community thing. I did vote once by mail. Honestly, I hated it. It just, all the rules you have to follow, you got to, you know, send for the ballot. The ballot comes, or the, you know, your request for the ballot comes. You request the ballot, your ballot comes. You got to fill it out, put it in an envelope, fill out the envelope, put the envelope in another envelope. If you get one thing wrong, you don't know if your vote's going to be counted or not. So I'd rather just go in, stand there, take like 60 seconds to vote, because I know in advance who I'm voting for, and, and walk out, and I'm done. And, and get your sticker. Yeah, get the sticker. You now put that right on your forehead. You need, you yes. need something up there, Rob. Your, your head's going to get cold. Yeah, there's I mean, a lot of forehead up there. That's right.
1: Yeah, Well, you should ask for extra stickers.
0: Yes, that, that's
1: a lot of advertising space up there. Yeah, up, they, so. there you go.
0: There's a, there's a money-making idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, Rob, uh, I'm glad that you could spend a little more uh, time with us. This is probably the last time we're going to be talking about this election, except maybe we'll talk about results. Uh, if you haven't voted and you're listening to this on Monday or early on Tuesday and you haven't voted yet, please get out and vote. Uh, vote up and down the ticket. Look at our grades, and endorsements before you get out. And if you can, print off that sample ballot, fill it out, take it with you. So Rob, thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time. That sounds great. Thanks, Dean. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at Buckeye Firearms. Org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to joinbfa.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.